Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf Shavua, Daf Mem Dal. Today's year will again be a little bit shorter than usual. Um, hopefully, I'm back next week and uh, back to the regular year. But uh, hopefully, you will find what we do today is meaningful. The first part of the uh, Daf before we get to some introductory words about Moshe Shemra, which we've already seen, deals with um, what I call the battle of contracts. What happens if you have two ksubas, two gidden, and how much does the document speak for itself? You may recall, I think this was in uh, Yavamas, but maybe it was in ksubas. We discussed that uh, generally, Bisman Hazet, a person should have one ksuba. You don't want there to be conflict. But then you run into a problem. What happens if you don't know where the ksuba is? The general rules of it, if you don't know where the ksuba is, then the couple is not supposed to live together. Many people are under the impression that the couple has to always keep the ksuba in their home, which generally was what I assumed, but uh, actually had a recent situation where one of my daughters got married and the Masada Kedushin told me to hold on to the ksuba. Little does he know that I'm not the most trustworthy with these things. But the point is, my daughter's moving to Israel, at least for a year. Super could end up getting lost. So if his his argument uh, was that as long as we know where the Ksuba is, it doesn't mean that you have to have immediate access to the Ksuba. So that's a little bit of a chiddush, which uh, would be worth uh, reevaluating. But I'm going to trust him on that one. But we saw a case in Israel with the fire, right? There was the fires up north and uh, Ksubas got destroyed and there was a whole discussion as far as what to do. In Israel, it's a little less complicated because the Rabbanut, um, if someone's getting married through the the Rabbanut, then they have a copy of the Ksuba. Now, it's not the actual Ksuba, but many postcom said that was uh, good enough. Our case, as understood by the Rambam, is a little bit more complex. And what's happening over here is we may assume, you may want to assume, as it sounds like from our Gemara with Rav Nachman in general cases, that if you have two shtaros, the second shtar is always going to supersede what we would say in America, supersede the first one. But what ends up happening, it's not necessarily true, because Rav Nachman agrees that if you have an added element in the second um, he's dealing, let's say, with the property law. So somebody sells a, uh, a far, part of a forest, and then in the second they add a tree or uh, some bushes, that would not supersede. It's really coming to clarify. In America, we call this an addendum to a contract, so you, or you create a new contract. We're dealing here with a different situation. Now, the way this is brought down by the Rambam <clears throat> in Hilchasisha's Perak Tezayin Halacha Chavtes, that's Sinian Mishpat, the Halacha here, is what happens if a woman produces two Gidin and two Ksubos? So she comes in front of the Bezdin and she says, I have two Gidin, I have two bills of divorce, obviously I haven't collected any, and I have two Ksubos. The, the, the get doesn't say that you collect. The get, I mean, that's not the way you collect. The the get just means that since there's divorce, she has the right to request the ksuba. That's what we pointed out last week. 
It's the same thing with a, um, an almana. She has the right to request the ksuba. So she's entitled to collect the amount. Do, so the, the, the Ramam says if the woman produces two bills of divorce and two ksuba, two gidden and two ksuba, she's entitled to collect the amount due by both of the ksubas. Interesting, because what we're assuming is that he divorced his wife. He never paid her the money due to her by virtue of Hakzuba. Then they get remarried, Malzatov, and the husband again divorces her without paying her the money. So she has the right to, it's not like you only get one Ksuba. Each marriage is totally separate, so she ends up the right to two Ksubas. So this is why you can't say just because you see two Ksubas that the second one is going to supersede the uh, first one. Now, especially the acronym explained, if the dates work out, that's even uh, more of a proof. Now, what happens in a case, the Ramam says, if she produces two ksubos and one get, so she's entitled to collect only the money due for one ksuba, because clearly in this situation, it looks like she's divorced only once. So she had, she remarried the person, but... She produces two ksubas, right? One bill, one get. She's entitled to collect only the money due to her for one ksuba. Now, the question would be, which ksuba should she collect from? And we have a dating issue over here, because why don't you just look at the date? So apparently the date is not on there, or what we're about to see is the amount is able to supersede the date. So which ksuba should she collect? The Ram says if they're both for the same amount, the later ksuba, you hear this, negates the earlier one. And she's entitled to collect the property that was sold to others from the date of the later ksuba. What the Rambam's discussing over here, which I don't want to spend much time on, is when a woman gets a ksuba, in order to guarantee that she's going to be able to get the money, if, the, uh, if there's a divorce or if she's an almana, there's actually a lien <clears throat> on all of his property to make sure that she's able to collect. Because a guy could say, I'm broke. guy divorces her and says, I'm broke. I used all my money to buy uh, other property. So it's interesting how luckily here we also learn is that she could collect that money by expropriating that property that was sold. Okay. The, the the last piece of this rom-com is that if one of them is for a greater sum than the other, in this case, she could choose whichever she wants, and the other one is voided. So the amount, as I pointed out, is going to end up uh, winning the day. We need a little bit more work on the uh, date issue. And this is raised, you know, by the Mepharshim, because you would assume that the one that is dated first should be clearly connected to the first marriage and the one that's dated second would be clearly matched to the second. But I guess we're dealing... So how could you end up with a situation where they're still married and she's going to end up taking the ksuba from the second marriage? Seems very difficult. What I want to do for Moti Shemra as a good introduction is look at the Pesukim and the Pasuk. It's actually going to be very important. And it's coming up in Pashas Kitetze, Perichof Bey's Pasuk Yud Gimel. So I'm just going to read generally the Pesukim, but we'll make some insights. Some of these insights are going to come up in the Gemara. Others, it'll be helpful to even look at some of the Rishonim, Rashi, Ramban, on the Chumash. And uh, this is going to take up 
a few weeks. Kiyakach ish isha. So a man marries a woman where there was Arison and now there's Nesuin and it's the next day. Uva ileha usnea. He has relations with her and he hates her. What's happening over here? It could be that he was trying to get rid of his uh, get out of Aksuba. That's why he waited. <coughs> we'll see. Pretty strange. Um, if you try to apply it today, you have a whole Pekasana. It's hard to imagine that he hated her because of one night. But whatever the reason is, with Samla Lilos Tavar, and he makes an accusation against her. The assumption over here is like Lashon Hara, defamation. That's where you get the term Motishemra. And uh, spreads a bad Vahotzi Allah Hashemra. So remember, we learned this in the beginning. Either there was no dam besulim, or she says pesach, or he says pesach besuach matzasi. That I found her to be uh, the area was open, already had relations. So what happens? The in this situation, the because we're going to show that he's wrong. And we shouldn't forget about the, the mother as well. They take this woman out and uh, they bring proof that she had Dam Basulam. It could be uh, something that they bring. Maybe they'd have to have a doctor check it out, depending on what the argument is. Uh, nurses, but whatever whatever the practical application is. So what happens? We Amar Avianari as a Kanim, the father says to this Kanim, as beating Asatilisha Zel Isha Vagisnao. And he hates her. <coughs> Look what he did to her. Vinehu Sam Alilos Tavarim Lamar. The fact that the Torah is going through such lengths on this as we see the seriousness of this bringing a person's reputation, especially in this area. And he says, these are the Basulim, we are able to prove it, or that it is Dan Basulim, Uparsua He brings the signs. Uh, it was some kind of moch, some kind of garment in front of the entire community, not the entire community, but for the elders of the city. So these guys, the 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 best and realizes this guy's a troublemaker. And what do they end up doing? They give him a uh, punishment, and the punishment is going to be double. We're not going to have to worry about Kimli Dravmine over here because there's going to be a punish. It's going to be a fine. Remember, we said there's not going to be Kimli with a fine. Viyanshuoso Mea Kesev. Similar to the Ones Mafata case, she could end up being with him for his whole, for their whole lives, assuming that's what she wants. The rest of the parsha is what happens if the MS, let's say what he accuses her is the truth. <coughs> so then she's going to get taken out to the Pesach Notice we're dealing here with a Nara, and she gets Skila. A regular Isha situation gets Chenek. Uh, this gets Skila, and this is done in front of her house, which is not the usual place where a person would be killed. To be continued.